Can you see that okay? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I'm going to start, start the thing off with a bit, bit of a, a depressing slide. This is from Inc. Magazine. Uh, and it's magazines that entrepreneurs read and write and that sort of stuff. And it says 20% of businesses fail during the first year. And then it goes on to say that 50% um, um, fail by the fifth year. Now, if you think about this, this is really interesting. I mean, you know, we've got all the technology at our disposal now. You know, we can, we've got automated systems. We can, we can market around the world. We can put ads out on Facebook and target people specifically. You can do the same on Google. You know, we've got digital platforms like we've never had before but people are still not making money and there is a reason for it because there's nothing absolutely nothing to do with the technology because if it was to do with the technology we'd all be rich you'd be getting you know a 60 70 percent conversion rate on your ads people will be buying your products and everything else and you know we've talked about headlines and copy and bullet points so all the technical stuff we know is there okay and that's easy to be done you can do that there's no problem at all but i, I want to take you through four stages of something tonight and, and uh, we'll, we'll figure out where you are. But this is the first stage, um, if, if you like, in, in terms of manifesting stuff, in, in terms of your consciousness. And the first stage is victim mentality. Now, can you imagine what percentage of the population is in that mindset right now? Yeah. Yep. You know, they've got, a, they've got a big blame story. It's not their fault. You know, something's happened to them or someone's done something to them. And, it, you know, they're really sort of out to blame someone. And, and they're not taking any responsibility for what they're doing. And I'm not saying that's bad for them. I'm not saying they're bad people. They've, they've probably not been trained how to use their mind. But if you looked at this as a pyramid, probably about, I would say maybe 70% maybe or higher of people are stuck at that, that level. Yeah. Anyone got any views on that? Yeah, I think probably so. Probably true at this time. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're stuck in that, in that mentality where all you're focusing on is what you can lose, what's going to happen to you, you know, negative, in, negative output, all the woes of the world, what do you think is going to happen? That's exactly what you're going to get. Yeah, that's exactly what you're going to get, all right? Uh, and you'll see why in a second. Now, this is something that I picked up on a, on a video I was watching this morning, okay? And it's referred to as the backwards law. And Alan Watts, you know Alan Watts, so I, I put the videos out on some of you read his stuff, brilliant guy. Um, but I'll, that's a bit hard to read, so I've, I've just taken this off a web page. And it says, when you try to stay on the surface of the water, you sink. But when you try to sink, you float. And, and that insecurity is the result of trying to be secure. But that's quite a good way of putting it, isn't it, what Alan Watts said there. And someone else has said, the desire for a more positive experience in it is itself a negative experience. And paradoxically, the acceptance of one's negative experience is in itself a positive experience. All right. Now, that's confusing, but what they're saying is if, if, you, if, you, if you're after something, if you desire something, okay, uh, and you don't get it, that's a negative experience, but that in itself can be a good thing, and hopefully this will become clear as this, this, this um, session sort of draws to a conclusion. Here. Now, they, they quote the Prophet Muhammad, you know, 1,400 years ago, he said, appreciate whatever God bestows upon you, and you'll be the richest of people. Your fear of impoverishment positions you in a state of impoverishment. You're expecting a catastrophe is a bigger catastrophe. So wanting stuff creates the desire to want it more. So if you, if you are doing visualization stuff, if you are doing affirmations and it's consisting of, I want this thing and I want it and I really want it. And I, you know, I've got a habit because I want it so much. That's the wrong way to do it. Because what happens is, is that you create a desire to want something, not have something 
and therefore it gets put outside your reach, but your desire to want it increases. Does that make sense? In, in, in this, yeah, you know, yeah. in, 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 if, I, if I'm making this too simple, you know, if I'm teaching a stuck eggs, I, I apologize, tell me to shut up and get on with it. Now, Alan Watts referred to this as the backwards law, which is the idea that the more you pursue feeling better all the time, the more you pursue feeling better all the time, the less satisfied you become as pursuing something only reinforces the fact that you lack it in the first place. So the very fact you want something, you desire something, means that you don't have it, therefore you must be lacking because you want something to fill that lack. With me so far? Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now some of you are reading Think and Grow Rich. I know Claude, oh, it's Claude gone. Claude's disappeared. I know Claude's reading it because he showed it to me earlier on. Now if you look at the, the book Think and Grow Rich, which is an absolute classic, I'm reading it again now, uh, it, it says that you, you've actually got to have a burning desire for something. You've got to turn that want of something into a burning desire. And then you've got to visualize it clearly in your mind and you've got to affirm it that you're going to have it by a certain date. Got that? Yeah. Based upon this, what that could be saying is part of what Napoleon Hill is saying is counterproductive. Because if you have a burning desire for something, the very fact you have a desire for it means you haven't got it. So you're starting from a position of lack. So having more of a fervent desire for it is going to push it further away because it's making you want the desire more. How does, how does that make you think? Have I just screwed up with your heads a little bit there? <laughs> I, can, I can see the logic of it. It's um, yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's like entrepreneurship, isn't it? The, the reward is, you know, hopefully by success, which encourages more success. But if you start off with an idea and it falls flat, then yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean, it says at the bottom, the bottom paragraph says, the more you desperately want to be rich, the more poor and unworthy you feel, regardless of how much money you actually make. The more desperately you want to be sexy and, and desire the ugly you come to see yourself, regardless of your actual physical appearance. And the more you desperately want to be happy and loved, the lonelier and more afraid you become regardless of those that surround you. And Alan Watts' stuff is really worth reading. So that's quite an incident, you know, an interesting sort of paradoxical view of the whole thing, because this is where a lot of people are failing, is they're saying, I, I want this, I can visualize it, I'm going to affirm it in my head, and they get this image up there, and it's a burning desire. But for that to actually happen, for that to manifest itself, it's got to leave your head, go down your brainstem, go into every part of your body, and it's, it's got to be basically communicated out to the world right in, through the atmosphere right through what they call, what they call infinite intelligence or god or whoever it is that you pray to or don't pray to so that's the first stage and lots of people are stuck in that first stage and the second stage here is this manifest stage and and this is what we just talked about as well now Loads of people have read The Secret or watched The Secret with the videos or whatever, and they're reading lots of books like Think and Grow Rich and everything else. And a lot of people are at this level. And this is, this is a good level to be at, because at least you're not in that, that victim mentality level. Right? Uh, and you're using creative visualization, you know, and, and it's a great stage to be at. And what you do here is you're learning to pay more attention to what you do want, uh, which helps strengthen your belief system and a strong belief system backed by an emo emotional drive to get what you want is a much, much better way of getting it as opposed to pushing it away from you. Um, and you can get what you, you know, you can actually get your, your, your outcome here. But have you ever noticed that, that some people who are, who are rich and get everything they want are also miserable? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because when I think someone of you just said it, actually, they, they get it and then they want more of it. Patrick said it, you get success, then you want more success. Mm -hmm. You get the big car, then you want a bigger car. You know, you get the big house, then you want a bigger house. And this is why I like Dan Kennedy. I mean, Dan Kennedy still drives around in some crappy old car 
where he lives and he's one of the richest marketing people in the world because he said look it's got four wheels and engine and it gets me from a to b i, I don't need a rolls royce it's a complete waste of time because he, he understands this philosophy now about uh, because of all the films the secret and the books and all the other bits that have been out there and, and the movement in terms of positive psychology and positive thinking if sort of i don't know if 60 70 percent of people are at the victim mentality you've probably got maybe 20 25 percent of people here at this level okay which is a good thing but a lot of these people give up and then go back to the victim mentality because they go do you know what it's not working i'm not getting what i want all right uh, and also here as well you need to think about this in context you've got different areas of your life you've got your your work life you've got your, your professional life you've got your family life you've got your hobby life you've got whatever different aspects of your life relationships business all this sort of stuff you could be at this stage in your business where you can say right i'm, I'm going to manifest great stuff i'm, I'm going to you know make loads of money i'm going to have loads of contracts i'm going to focus on that and then you know it could be that someone's in a bad relationship and they go and see their partner and the partner says something and they go say why do you say that it's always pissing me off and they go back to a victim mentality in that area does that make sense Mm -hmm. now at the end of the day all of us are only human so if you jump from one to the other that's not a problem but at least at this stage if you're at stage two you should be able to recognize when you're going to that victim mentality and then do something about it happy days with that mm -hmm. any questions on this oh, yeah. this is where a lot of us are right the thing here though is whether you know it or not you're, you're always manifesting stuff all the time you're always making things happen this is a creative stage so you constantly, you know, every time you think you're going to produce a chemical in your head, good or bad, okay? The way you think, you act and you feel, good or bad, it's going to produce results in your body, good or bad. And it's going to produce networks in your brain, good or bad, consistent with the way you think. And that's where your habits are formed from and that defines your personality. Happy days? Mm -hmm. Right. So let's look at the third stage. This is what they call the channeling stage. And this is the level of surrender, okay? Now you become a channel for life to express itself through you. So in the first stage, life is happening to you. All right? it's, everything's happening to you, it's not your fault. In the second stage, yeah, life is happening by you, so you're affecting change. You're manifesting it by the way you choose to think. Then this third stage is life, life is happening through you, so you're challenging stuff, uh, channeling stuff through you. Uh, now this is a really, really powerful stage to be at. To do this, you've got to allow it to occur naturally. And here you could have unlimited power and unlimited creativity. Because what you're doing is you're not fighting nature. Now, do you remember a while ago, I don't know if any of you did it, I did the exercise about the values of dissertation exercise. Mm -hmm. right. the, the reason I do it is because of point three. Right. Because if, if your heart, for want of a better word, isn't in line with the way you're thinking creatively, then... You, you're not in alignment in terms of what you truly want and what you're going to get. And that's why people become unhappy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Now, this is a difficult time for a lot of people. Uh, and obviously, you know, earning a living, having a job, you know, that sort of thing is important. But if you look at the way most people have gone through life, they've left school. Um, if they're lucky, they've got a job and they've just taken probably the first job that's come along and there's been no design. They just ended up in a job. And then they'll normally go and get another job when they get fed up with the job they're in. So they want to leave for another job or be offered better pay. So they're bouncing from job to job and, and from fulfillment to unfulfillment without any great plan. And they're unhappy at work. Reason is they're, they're not channeling their beliefs and values in line with what, with what nature requires 
to give them the happiness they deserve. And if you can do this, then this is a, a real huge step. Right? And there's probably on the planet right now, bloody hell, I don't know. I was listening to someone yesterday talk about this. I did some research on it. They reckon there's probably 2%, 3% of the planet doing it. Okay. You know, this at this level. And, you know, you can, you can count people who are doing this. People like the Dalai Lama is a prime example. He's doing it, you know, from the religious side of it. Dr. Uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu is doing it, those sort of people. So the religious people at, at the highest level of consciousness are doing it. Uh, the Buddhist monks, they do this. No two ways about it. But in the business world, who do you think is doing this in the business world? Think of one person that's doing it in the business world. Sugar. Who? Lord Sugar. Probably, sugar. yeah. Lord Sugar. Now I'm saying probably because I don't know. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know. I'm just yeah. speculating there. If well, he's uh, so who's the guy that owns uh, Amazon? Sorry? Who's the guy that owns Amazon? Tony um Tony oh. Bezio. Yeah. <laughs> well is he is he at stage two or stage three? I'd say he's at stage three, he's just letting it all happen. Yeah. I mean Tony Robbins is a prime example. Mm. Yeah. You know, he, he's very, very good. This Richard Branson's another one. Richard Branson just comes up with ideas mm. and then he, he gets someone to execute them for him. He's, he's another one. You know, Lord Sugar, I'd like to think he's doing it because I'm a fan of Lord Sugar. I think he's absolutely brilliant, uh, but he is a rough diamond. So whether he's actually going to do what it needs, he needs to do to get to this level is mm. something I'm not sure about. Because do you know how to get to this level? No. <laughs> <laughs> Enlightenment. Yeah? I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you something first. All right. I mean, this is the level of surrender. You're basically surrendering your outcome. So, if you look at level two, you're focusing on what you want, and you're you're using all of your energy and effort to make it happen. Got it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. At level three. You know what you want. Well, you know what you need and there's a difference here by the way a lot of people the reason a lot of people fail at level two is they think they know what they want when they actually don't really know what they need mm -hmm. so society dictates that oh they you know so and so is doing good i'll buy their course i'll end up being like them and they're not going to end up being like them and therefore they fail at that level so they know they know what they want but they don't know what they need which is the basic thing of selling anyway you've got to tell people you know give them what they want but provide extra value you know to give them what they need mm. let me show you this uh, you've, you've seen this video before, but hopefully this will make sense to you now. I hope you can hear this. So let's just... Uh... I'm ironic now as I've lost my faith, but my faith, I think, gave me perspective to somehow, to a degree, disassociate myself from the outcome. You have to do the best you can and then let the chips fall as they may. I can only be as good as I can be. And when I've crossed the line, I'll see what that got me. That's a very calming, focusing, and quite inspiring thought. So, do you get that? <laughs> so what you do is you know what you want and you focus on what you want, but you surrender the outcome to God, the universe, infinite intelligence, whatever you want to call it. And you let that provide you with a way for it to arrive. Now, this is a really high level thing. Okay. This is pretty high level. And the route to this, believe it or not, is meditation. If you can meditate, you can get to level three. All right. Now, meditation is not about, because affirmation, let's get this right, affirmations and creative visualization is actually looking and creating the thing you want in your own mind's eye and affirming that you're going to get it. Got that? 
at this level, you know exactly what you want. It's in line congruently with your beliefs and values and your mission or whatever it is in life. Then you surrender the outcome. You do everything you can. And by the way, surrendering is not giving up. Let me just make a difference here. Surrendering is not giving up. Just not say, oh yeah, you know, I want it. Let's just see if it comes and you know, hang the white flag out there. It's not that at all. Surrendering uh, is actually giving the outcome to, to whoever it is that you believe in, your God, your intelligence, the universe, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter, it's all the same thing. And letting the universe bring it to you, so you, that, that manifests it to you. And it will turn up in the most weird way, I can tell you now. It will turn up in a weird way. So I'll give you an example. You know I'm talking about doing um, an NLP course, which all finishes the quantum thinking stuff? Mm -hmm. I, think, I don't know if I mentioned this the other day on the live. Mm -hmm. But um, I was thinking, right, I need to do it. Uh, I know what I want to do. Let's just wait and see how, it, how, how what, what happens and meditate on it, push the intention out there and say, this is what I want to do. And walking down the road, when I used to deliver the courses for London Probation Service, uh, their chief executive wanted to come and sit on one of the courses. And the reason he wanted to sit on one of the courses was uh, they had a huge absenteeism rate and you know we were turning them around. But some staff on the course I was running were realizing that they didn't want to be a probation officer anymore and were leaving the organization. And he wanted to see me. I thought, all right, I'm for it now. So he came on the course and he sat on the course and he, he said, I can only stay for a couple of hours because I've got meetings to go to. By the time we got to tea break, he canceled all his meetings and he said, if you don't mind, I'll stay for the day. I said, sure. Okay. So he stayed for the day into his rugby and his sports and golf. He's a, he's a golfist guy. And um, he really got into it. Now he's since resigned from, from the probation service. He's, worked, he's been working for a charity and he's resigned. And I, I was walking down the road and I, I said, I'm going to do this stuff. Meditated on it, pushed it out there and said, let's see what comes. Now he lives probably 800 yards away from where I live, but we don't see each other because we do different stuff. I walk past his house regularly. He probably walks past mine. We never bump into each other. The day I did that, I walked past his house and he, he came out. He saw me there. He said, he said, the funniest thing is, he said, I've been sat in my living room watching the telly. He said, this afternoon. He said, I never watch telly in the afternoon. He said, I was feeling lazy. He said, and you popped up. I said, oh, I'm, I'm just your guilt on two legs, mate. But we got chatting and he's now retired from the charity and he's at a loose end. And I said to him, do you fancy doing some stuff with me? Because as someone who's been a chief executive of a large public service organization, you can probably open some doors. He said, I'd love to. Mm. Get the idea? Mm -hmm. Now, I could have been scratching my head, making lists and doing all sorts of stuff to try and find someone to strategize on what to do. But in the end, I just gave it up and said, right, you know, this, this, I need this to happen. And that happened. And a couple of other people have been in touch as well. How do you feel about this so far? This is, this is weird stuff for some of you, right? It's good stuff, yeah. Huh? It's good stuff. I mean, it's good stuff, not weird stuff. Yeah. No, no, no. It's good yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine some people watching the recording of this and going, "He's lost the plot." COVID. <laughs> it's good. It's it's small. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, if you if you don't do it, you'll always be at this level here, mm. which is level two. You'll manifest stuff, no problem at all. You'll make it happen if you work hard at it. All right. But that here is something completely different. This is a whole new ball game. All right. Now there is a fourth level as well. Oh, well, I moved it, right? I'm gonna try and highlight it, that one there. And that's what they call a state of being. And that's where you become one with whoever it is you, you worship or thing, your religion or infinite intelligence or whatever. Uh, and you get a sense of separation here. And this is really interesting because if you think about the sun and you think of a sunbeam, we know a sunbeam emanates from the sun, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, it, but it's not the sun, it's a sunbeam. So you can look at a sunbeam and know it's not the sun, but it emanates from the sun. 
and this is the same sort of level now this is a really if you get to here you're in like the top two or three percent of people on this planet because you're working with the intelligence that that's been given to you by your creator or whoever and you're not fighting anything now the problem with this is is once you taste this you, you will never want to go back all right uh, and i'm going to give you this with a health warning if you, if you taste this and and you find out how powerful this is you will not want to go back which means your relationship might end your circle of friends will change because they'll think you're off the, you've lost the plot okay mm -hmm. but i'll tell you what this this makes you so creative and so powerful and you will just give and you just give and you'll just <clears throat> continue giving but by giving in line with the laws of nature so you're living with life you know happening as you that's going to go out there and people will understand your intention and they'll come to you all right a couple of companies that i've been speaking to who i know do this uh, i said how does this work for you and one guy said to me we don't have a sales department now we got rid of all our sales staff i said why so we don't need them he said if we're trying to push stuff on people he said and we're trying to sell it to them and they don't want it he said we have to make them believe they need it he said which is totally against what we believe it's totally against you know our ethics and our values and our beliefs he said so what we do is we tell people why we do what we do and we push it out there to help as many people as we can and he said and our, our bloody company he said it's gone off the rails he said it's, it's scaled like you won't believe so that's a, a different state of being now has any of you read read the book i wrote that live this life book the little one mm. yeah all right the beginning of that book there's a chapter on there where i interviewed it's a true story it's not a joke either i interviewed a roman catholic priest an anglican uh, uh minister and a buddhist and i said to them and i've probably i've probably told the story on a video before so you have to bear with me i'm losing track here i said to them i said right i said tell me about god you know you, you all believe in god i mean the buddhists don't believe in a god as such i said but tell me about god and they said well you know god's all seeing omnipresent everywhere you know everything is created by god and through god i said okay i'm with the other i said so where does god live and, and one of them went i can't remember the anglican one he said oh he said a catch question he said could you think we're going to say he lives up in the up in the heavens i went where does he live and he said well actually and i can't remember which gospel it is it's gospel of mark or matthew one of the two they said um god exists inside you so i said right so if god is the creator of everything i said and, and is omnipresent and is, and is everywhere and he exists inside you does that mean we have the ability to create and they went yeah yeah i said all right that's interesting i said um explain heaven to me they said well heaven is is it's nirvana it's everything you've ever wanted it's you know everyone you'll ever see is there is that you trev yeah, that's because hey, everyone, everyone you'll ever, ever want to see again is there, uh, you know, and they said it's an absolutely beautiful place to be, you know, it's, 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 it's you know, it is, what it is, it's heaven on earth. I said, right, I said, so, are we, whose image are we made in? They both said, well, you're made in God's image. I said, right, so let me get this right then. I said, so, we're made in God's image, God created everything. I said, where is heaven, where is heaven, by the way? They went, oh, I laughing, I said, it's inside you. In this gospel of Matthew and Mark, it said heaven exists inside you. It's inside each and every one of you if you search for it he said and the, and the th they said this so the key is don't search too hard you have to have faith i'll come on to this in a minute so i said right so heaven exists inside of us we're created by god who creates everything i said and we're made in god's image so, yeah i said so we're pretty powerful yeah. and they all nodded and i went yeah and then i said 
I've got to ask this question. I said, does God throw in a dysfunction for the sake of making you dysfunctional? And it was the only time the Buddhist spoke. And he went, no, no. He said, you have to choose to do that yourself. Mm. Power of thought. Got it? So I just want you to think about this because if this is true, now you, I'm going to talk about proof in a minute. If this is all true, and the religions have been believing this for thousands of years, if, you, if, the, if the kingdom of heaven exists inside of you, which is the ability for it to be anything you want it to be, and you are made in God's image, and God is this universal force, this infinite intelligence that created everything, the heavens and the earth and everything else, and we've got something like 14 to 16 billion neurons in our neocortex part of the brain, which is probably the equivalent of the same amount of planets and stars in the Milky Way galaxy, how come we don't use it more? Surely that, that stuff we have and this intelligence we have and these things we've been given are not just there to, design, to, to enable us to do boring, mundane stuff. Mm. So technically, you can create anything you like. Miss the leap of faith that's the interesting bit. Don't worry, I'm not going to sign you up for any religious cult. <laughs> <laughs> I might sign Trevor Henry up for a religious cult. <laughs> I heard something, Mark. Um, it says, "If you're not within, you're without." Sorry. I think something congruent to what you just said. Uh, if you're not within, you are without. Oh yeah, and there's actually a saying that goes back thousands and thousands of years. It says, "As as within, so without; as above, yes. so below." You're probably referring to that one, are you? Uh, yeah. I want to show you this one. Remember this this um, quantum one about the particles and waves? Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to show you a bit of this because I want to. We've been talking about stuff so far. Hi, Zeb. We've been talking about stuff so far that you may think, hang on, he's he's, he's talking religious fanatics. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not a religious person. Not at all. All right. But have a look at this. But physicists are clever. They thought maybe those little balls are bouncing off each other and creating that pattern. So they decide to shoot electrons through one at a time. There is no way they can interfere with each other. After an hour of this, the same interference pattern is seen to emerge. The conclusion is inescapable. The single electron leaves as a particle, becomes a wave of potentials, goes through both slits, and interferes with itself to hit the wall like a particle. But mathematically, it's even stranger. It goes through both slits and it goes through neither. And it goes through just one and it goes through just the other. All of these possibilities are in superposition with each other. But physicists were completely baffled by this. So they decided to peek and see which slit it actually goes through. They put a measuring device by one slip to see which one it went through and let it fly. <laughs> but the quantum world is far more mysterious than they could have imagined. When they observed, the electron went back like a little marble. It produced a pattern of two bands, not an interference pattern of many. The very act of measuring or observing which slit it went through meant it only went through one, not both. The electron decided to act differently, as though it was aware it was being watched. Right. A lot of you have seen that before, haven't you, on course with me? Mm. Right. This is... Um, 
if you look at Einstein's equation, E equals MC squared, energy equals mass multiplied by the speed of light squared, everything exists in an energy field. We're, we're huge energy, right? 99.99% of us is energy. So I've said this before, if you look at this three-dimensional body we're, we're, we're living in, if we look through an x-ray machine, you'd see our heart, our lungs, our liver, our, our whatever, our skeletons. They're all the organs and structure of the body. Those organs and structure are made up of cells. And we have something in the region, I believe, of, of 100 trillion cells in our body, or 60 trillion cells. Each cell, by the way, does 6 trillion things per second, which is a phenomenal thing. But each of the, And those cells come together. So heart cells form the heart, liver cells form the liver, bone cells form the bones, and so on and so forth. So like cells accumulate with other like cells, and they, they build this body, this three-dimensional thing. Now, if you go further and you look through a dark field microscope, you'll see that cells are made up of atoms. 99.99% of an atom is energy, and that energy exists in various different uh, fields. Right? This is the quantum field. Uh, and they talk about a thing called superposition, which means the energy is already out there, and every reality that you uh, can perceive, all right, that is possible to you, already exists. All right? It already exists. But what people do, and I alluded to this in one of the blog posts I wrote, and maybe on a video, is they let their past dictate their future. So they leave school, they bounce from job to job, they're lucky to get a job, they don't like that job, leave and get another job, do whatever, and it's haphazard, right? And they end up doing stuff they don't like, so they go and look for another job, or they end up wanting more pay, so they go to another job, and they're living a life not congruent with their values, so there is a mismatch in terms of their whole body working in one, as, as one entity. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, yeah. Right. But if everything exists in superposition, which means any reality you ever wanted was out there, why can't you have it? Why is it you, you don't choose the reality that you want for yourself? And the reason is, is people are living in their past and that past is producing a predictable future. So if I go back to these levels here, bear me one second, oh, jump here. All right, we've got the four stages here. First one's victim mentality. So it's never their fault. Something always happens to them, all right? You know, so COVID is happening to them. It's not their fault. You know, and they lost their job. That's not their fault. And they, you know, the dog shit on a carpet. And it's not their fault. That you know, the majority of people are living there. Most of you should be here at this stage here, and that's where you start creating the future you want. And that's a good place to be, right? Now, it, brilliant. But the leap is here. If you can get to here, that level of surrender, where you say, "I know what I want. I'm just going to push the intention out there and see what comes back." That's a much, much higher level to get at. And that just takes meditation. That's uh, all it takes. This is, this is affirmation and creative visualization. This is where you meditate. Right? That's the difference between those two levels there. And people laugh at meditation. In fact, 20 years ago, when I started doing meditations, I, I didn't tell anyone because people went, you're mad. Um, you're, you're stupid. You know, you're going to end up weird, mate. You know, you eat, you end up eating vegetables. And I am, mate. <laughs> Plant-based whole food diet. But that's because of the health reasons, all right? Um, and then you've got this state of being here, which is where you become one with life and with God, as in the story. So if you've got, if the kingdom of heaven is inside you and you're made in the creator's image, whoever your creator is, you, you've got infinite possibilities. And this is what this is all about. So that video you've just seen there shows that these balls, these little balls of energy, these waves bounce all over the place. Sorry, these waves of intelligence bounce all over the place. But the minute you observe them, they fall into whatever ever form you expect to see. And this is the difference between Newtonian physics and quantum physics, because we live in a three-dimensional world where we can measure stuff. 
And this is why I do not have a five-year business plan or a two-year business plan or a one-year business plan, right? If you can measure it, it's predictable. What you're looking at here, if you really want to do this, is to go with the unpredictable. You've got to take that leap of faith and say the possibility exists and that's what I want and surrender it to whoever you want to surrender it to. This is another clip from the film. Let me show you this. There's no way that we're ever going to... the sounds office there it is it's on the tape it's recorded you hear it you forgot one part of the equation somebody has to look at the tape hang on let me start it again because i think the sound went off because i have my mic down there's no way that we're ever going to mathematize or put into mathematical formula this very act in which a conscious observer comes up with the answer people say oh the measuring instruments the recorder records it and there it is it's on the tape it's recorded you forgot one part of the equation Somebody has to look at the tape. And until somebody looks at the tape, it ain't recorded at all. When you are not looking, there are waves of possibility. When you are looking, then there are particles of experience. A particle, which we think of as a solid thing, really exists in a so-called superposition, a spread out wave of possible locations. And it's in all of those at once. The instant you check on it, it snaps into just one of those possible positions. The fact that we always see it in some definite location is an explicit violation of these equations of motion. And it's exactly there that the measurement problem comes up. You observe, things happen. When you don't, they don't. Superheroes use superposition, with the world being potential stress of reality, until we choose. Heroes choose what they want. Being in many places at once, experiencing many possibilities all at once, and they collapse all at once. Your own mind is creating multiple possibilities in your subconscious. The superpositions of possibilities are in your subconscious. I mean, you may be consciously aware of them, but they exist, I think, in the superposition of multiple possibilities, which after a while will collapse to one or the other. Project or plan into the future or forecast the thought uh, ahead of itself. Uh, right, what do you make of that? <laughs> I mean, you, you know, my, I, I love all this stuff. Um, it's it's something I've I've used uh, probably a long time now. Um, Probably you, you fall out of practice with if, you, if you're not doing it all the time, but I, I keep putting stuff out there that um, and people say, "Are oh, you?" Uh, and excuse me if I'm boring anyone. People say, "Yeah, are you, why are you so lucky?" Because I, I suppose I expect to be lucky. And that last clip you showed there, how many times is everything going on around you in your subconscious, but the only bits you pick up is what you're consciously focusing on. Hmm. Yeah. You know, anyone else, by the way, because Gary's done a lot of NLP. What about, what about the rest of you? What are you, what are you picking up from this? This is all relatively new to me, so... Yeah. Now, Tony, I'll tell you what, you are probably where I was 30 years ago. Thanks. <laughs> no, I don't mean that in a... In a thing. <laughs> when, I, when, I first, when I first heard about this stuff, um, 
you know, I'd, I'd come out of the Navy, I was working for Apple computers, I really worked sales, then I lost everything, you know, I got sales 80,000 pound in debt. And I was trying to find ways to do it. So I went down the stuff that was the proven stuff like, you know, NLP and that sort of stuff. And eventually got into hypnosis purely because I wanted to be a better communicator. So everything I was doing was measurable. So because we did it in the forces, you know, you measure everything in the forces because you need to know what works because there's no point going into, into combat with something that doesn't, you haven't measured because it could fail. So you have to test everything, measure everything. So I was used to this testing and measuring. And we live in a three-dimensional world where, you know, that Newtonian physics model is great because, it can, you know, it can make an aircraft take off. It can arrive at to where it needs to go to at the correct moment in time. You can shoot a, a satellite into, into deep space and, and that satellite can land on a planet moving at a phenomenal rate of knots through the universe at a specific point in time. And that's all through Newtonian stuff because it's, it's physical. So it's a three-dimensional thing that you can do. But when people started telling me, look, if you really want to achieve a higher level of success, You've got, to, you've got to stop measuring. And I thought, well, what do you mean? You've got to stop measuring. They said, you can't measure the mind. It's infinite. The intelligence is infinite. And they said, the minute you measure it, all the possibilities that are out there will collapse into the one that you believe is true. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Right? So the minute, and this is where, if, you, if I go back a second, because it's really important. Um, share my screen again. Where's it gone? Do, do, do. Yeah. If you're back um, here and you're doing this, oh, sorry, you're doing stage two. That's a really good stage. Don't get me wrong, it's an absolutely brilliant stage to be in. But it just takes someone to go, ah, you'll never make it, you're, you're a twat, you're rubbish, you know, you know Tony, Tony, you, you know, it's para, mate. You know, what do you know about this? You put on the sandals and dance around the bush. That's what they used to tell me. And, that's the, and, and the, 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 you know, the urge to give up was massive. So I didn't tell anyone I was doing it. And I'm only just starting to tell people the higher level stuff I'm doing now. So, you know, you know, I'm starting to tell people this level three and level four stuff because I've been doing this for years. And, and I, I forget, by the way, I have, like Gary said, I have moments where I just switch off and then I feel things dipping. I think I need to get back on and do this stuff. Mm -hmm. Because you can plan all you like. You can buy all the technology you want. You can, you can have everything digitized. You can hire the best marketers on the planet. But you know what? If you are putting out stuff out of your head, and remember, your brain is like a radio transmitter. Your conscious mind actually decides what you allow in. It focuses. So it's working anyway. Whether you use it or whether you're not, you're using it. Whether you think you're using it or whether you're not, that's a different thing, but you're using it all the time. Because you can go, we can finish this call, you can go and watch EastEnders or Coronation Street or whatever the damn thing's called, and you can watch that, and all the, all the misery and doubt comes out, and that starts going in there, and you see people dying, and you think, oh, that could happen to me. And you start manifesting this shit in your head. So, and what I mean by manifesting it is, if you go, I, I, I really feel sick after seeing that, the hypothalamus in your brain, the largest drug pharmaceutical in the world, starts to pump chemicals into your system that goes to each one of the 60 to 100 trillion cells in your body and, either, and toxifies it because you're thinking in a bad way. You're doing this to yourself. If you go, do you know what? I feel great. Bang. It gives you good stuff at this level. Right? Uh, so you're doing this all the time. But once you get here, the game, it's a game changer, a complete game changer. Right? Because you're surrendering the outcome to a greater power than yourself. Now, you know Sam Childers, don't you? The mm -hmm. machine gun preacher? Yeah. He, he's there. Mate, he's probably level four, but he's definitely there. Because he went to drink, dig a well in um, Uganda or Ethiopia. He went to dig a well, and they had all these people out there with stuff. And God apparently told him he wanted the well here. And all the engineers and the people who measure stuff and do soil testing, they said, you don't drill here. There's no water here. He said, no, we'll find water. He said, you won't find water. He said, I believe we'll find water here. God's told me. And they all thought he was crazy. 
dug a well, guess what he found? Shitloads of water. Mm. Shitloads of water. Now, he has a belief in, in, in God. That's his thing. But the, the thing is, his belief was so strong that he was willing to act on it despite everyone else saying that he was mad. Got that? Mm. Now, when he went, I've told this story before, when he was up on a mountain hunting, you know, it clouded over, and apparently God spoke to him again. God told him, go and talk to the masses. He came down from there. His wife and him were having a holiday. They were in a little caravan, or a big caravan, no, the Yanks. And he said to his wife, look, I've been told to go around the world and speak to people. And she fell on the floor and started crying. He said, what are you crying for? She said, you're not stuttering. Up to that point, prior to going out the mountain, he used to have a stutter, a bad stutter. So Christians and other religions talk about you must have faith. And people who like to measure stuff go, oh, I don't believe it. You know, show me God and I'll believe it. Yeah. You can't measure faith. You can't measure faith. Quantum physicists have proved you can't measure faith. You literally can't do it. But when you enter that realm of possibility in your head and you use just in the, the, the neocortex, 14 to 16 billion neurons, and they, they form orderly, orderly networks. So you know you have a network for playing the, playing the um, saxophone, Gary. Patrick, you've got a network for doing Taekwondo. You know, Tony, you've got a network for doing whatever you do well. And you know, Trev's got a network for writing expert witness reports. You, things that you do well, you have networks for, it becomes a habit, becomes part of your personality, becomes who you are. You could, but you're using 3% of them. Why don't you use the rest? Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, this is why when you do this, you do it with your eyes closed. Because on the front of your eyes, you've got something like 10 million light receptors. At the other end of the optic nerve, you've got about 80, uh, 80, uh, 80, million, 80 to 100 million light transmitters. And physicists have wondered for years, why have we only got a tenth of those light receptors on the eye where we need to see stuff? They didn't know why. Quantum physics is proving that when, when you actually focus and visualize on a possibility, you kick that possibility out from your subconscious mind through the visual generators of your mind. And that's how it goes out into infinite intelligence. And then your, your subconscious mind acts as the receiving station for what comes back in. So conscious mind focuses on what you want, gives it to, to the subconscious or unconscious mind, whatever you want to call it, shut your eyes, intentionalize it, kick it out there, and then what comes back in comes back in through your unconscious mind. I'll tell you what, you lot are quiet. I'm wondering what the rest are going to say. Tony, <laughs> 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 you, you jumped out of planes, didn't you? Uh, occasionally, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they told me to do it, and I did it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> you've been you pushed. Know, how, did you know you, how did you know your parachute would open? Uh, fate, yeah. That was, uh, that was that was definitely fate, yeah. Um, same when I was abseiling, same when I was doing anything, throwing myself off high places, that type of stuff. So, yeah, faith in the equipment, faith in my own capabilities when I'm setting things up. Um, Think about this for a minute. What is faith? I thought, just an inner belief, I think. I don't know. It's an unshakable belief. Yeah, yeah. Trevor, you used to do lots of sports when you were in the army, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it doesn't quite equate to only jumping out of planes and things. But, um, but as you say, that mindset when you walk onto a sports pitch arena, whatever you want to call it, that in your head you believed you were better than your opponent. And do you know what? You, yeah. play, you played rugby, didn't you? You played rugby? You play rugby? I play loads of sport, not rugby at high level, but any sport to get out of the uniform. I used to play rugby in the Navy, and I did it because I wanted to get in the field gun crew. The best way to the field gun crew is to go through rugby because it's a networking thing. 
Uh, and I was always, con I mean, I boxed and everything, but I was always conscious of rugby about getting my bones broken. And I used to be a little bit, you know, hesitant going to tackles. And H. Jones, who was uh, the captain of the rugby team, he said to me, mate, he said, if you hesitate going to a tackle, you'll get hurt. He said, just have a bit of faith in yourself. He said, you take the man down. Patrick, you do taekwondo, don't you? Mm -hmm. You break you break wood or stones or anything, or bricks or anything like that? I mean, I've done tiles in the past, but predominantly boards and things. Boards, right. What's, what's the thickest of board you broke? What's the biggest, thickest board you broke? Well, probably three or four inches, but it's more about uh, the technical aspect. They're held in all sorts of weird positions. Tony does taekwondo as well, so he'll agree with me. They're held in all yeah. sorts of weird positions. You're supposed to jump and all that. Uh, and that, that's, the, that's the challenge, I think, you know, the more technical aspect of it. But, so, yeah, yeah. You, you've got to believe it's going to be broken. Otherwise, yeah. no yeah. chance. Yeah. So, Gary, you play golf. Yeah. 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 You, you must have gone out there with an inferior player when you were having a bad day and they, they whooped you. Oh, yeah. Because you yeah. believe you're having a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. That's Yeah. Yeah. I know people who believe that they're, they're never going to make money. Mm. And by the way, if you think money is the root of all evil, it is not, all right? For anyone jumping on a religious bandwagon that's going to be listening to this, it does not say in the Bible that money is the root of all evil. It says love of money is the root of all evil. In the same way, the Bible does not say thou shalt not kill. It says thou shalt not murder, if you look at the literal translation of it, all right? Um, so people say, oh, you know, if, if, you, if you're talking about making money and visualizing making money, that's a terrible thing. No, it's not, you know? It's, it's absolutely not because you're putting stuff back in the economy, you're employing people, you're being self-sufficient, you know, you, you become an example for other people to, to actually aspire to. You do loads of good stuff because the opposite to that is if you're not making money, you've got to ponce off the state, which means everyone who's making money has got to pay for you not making money. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Now, I know that some people can't work because they're ill and all the rest of it, and I, and I get that to a degree, all right, because sometimes people make themselves ill by the way they choose to think. There's some people who were born with certain things they can't do anything about, and I get that too. But I know people who've been born with huge disabilities that have done phenomenal things as well. Mm. So we become victims of our environment, and we become victims of the people in our environment that actually destroy your belief systems. And I think people should go to jail for that because it's the worst kind of death going. You know, but fundamentally, belief is is basically you know something that's massive and strong that is going to be unwavering, and and for it to work, it must be consistent with your values. Mm. And then you can achieve what you like if you go to the next level. Any questions? Told you it'd be a bit of a mind blow tonight. No, that, that relates to a lot of things from even early days when, when I was doing things like assault courses even, things like that. So going up the steps to about 15 feet off the floor, one step, about what, two or three feet apart, and there's nothing in between. But if you hesitate, the ones who hesitated were the ones who fell. Yeah. Every single time. They were the ones who got hurt. They were the ones who slipped or tripped. If you went at it, 100% commitment, you were far more likely to succeed every time. Oh, so, totally. Totally. I just want to share this with you one last time. Any, any other comments before, before we leave? Because it's, oh, it's been a long one tonight. My God. There, there's your four stages there. That's really good. Yeah. You need to decide where you are on that and where you want to go. Stage two, most of you are believer there. Some of you may even be here. But if you, can, if you can get from here to here, that is massive. This is great, by the way. Stage two is brilliant. Don't get me wrong. I, I love stage two. All right. When you get to here, you, your potential to create stuff is unlimited, totally unlimited. You can create anything. Uh, you know, you have ideas coming in from everywhere because you surrendered yourself to the fact that you want to do it and it will bring it to you. 
and stage stage four that's where you just you know you're completely detached from the physical you know but but you're part of something greater weird isn't it good though told you to be a weird interesting one. really interesting yeah and you know and this is why i understand where tony's coming from the military because when i first started learning this i thought no, I, you know what are you what are you doing i i went i went as a boy sailor scrubbing decks like this is this is way out of my pay grade you know I'm, I'm, it's punching way, way above me but i took the time to learn it and it was when i understood that it wasn't just religious people that do this it's people like tony robbins who do this stuff and you know richard branson does this stuff um you know and each erotic used to run the body shop huge all the business owners that are successful meditate Meditation is a form of basically shutting your eyes, lowering your breathing down, bringing your focus down to one thing, focusing on an intention of what you want, and then letting it go. That's the key. Helpful? Very, very yeah. yeah. It's the how now. How? Yeah. Well, how to meditate? The, how to do, I suppose, get there. How to pass up the next stage is I know where to go. It says how to, yeah, how to meditate, how to switch everything off how to get all those thoughts that are going off in your head and switching it all off. So that's the next stage, I think. That's the Thursday. I'll get some stuff out to your meditation because it actually isn't, isn't that hard. You okay. know, if you think about meditation, meditation is focused intention. When you're in the gym and you're focusing, you're meditating. Yeah. You're focusing on the gym, right? You're focusing on what you're doing. When I ride my motorbike, that's like a Zen meditation to me because I'm just conscious of the bike and me and, and what's around me, you know, so it's complete concept. Anytime you are focused, that's a meditation. You know, you can do mindfulness stuff where if you go for a walk and you're just focused at that moment in time. And that's the key thing. You've, you've got to be, you've got to be present in the moment. So when you, if you dance, you know, with, with a person you love, that's meditation because you're in the moment. If you're making love to the person you're in love with, that's meditation because you're living in the moment, you know. Um, anything that you do in the moment where your focus of attention is, is meditation. Does that make sense? Yeah. You don't have to sit cross-legged on the floor with your eyes shut, you know, chanting a mantra. That's, 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 that is a form of meditation, but it's a different form of meditation. You just do it all the time. And the, the thing I would say to you now is, is do it now. You know, even, if, even when you're, you're working, if you have a great have a cup of tea, think about the thing that you want to intend. Mm. Intend it. Let it go. Just like the athletes do. I'll get deeper into that for you if you want. Yeah. 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 Right, guys. That's a long one tonight. Right. Have a good one. I'll see you Thursday. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much, Matt. See you Thursday. See you later. See you later. Bye bye. Cheers, guys. Bye.